Hi, and welcome to Southworker Stories, our weekly podcast where we read you a daytime story, or a bedtime story, or a commuting or dog walking story. Whenever it is you like to listen to your favorite podcasts, Southworker Stories will bring you some of our favorite tales of the fascinating people and places of the Hamptons every week. My name is Amy Zavato, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Southworker. And I hope you enjoy listening to these stories as much as I love bringing them to you. When it comes to restoring, reviving, and refreshing historic homes, it takes a lot. A lot of tenacity, a lot of vision, a lot of research, and a lot of love. On today's South Forker Stories, writer Lana Bortolo takes the topic down to the studs in this story about Southampton's John David Rose architect. Take a listen. With John David Rose Architect, the past and present meet in the details. A story by Lana Bortolo. When it comes to making something old new again, self-workers turn to their own homegrown architect for solutions. Born in Hampton Bays, raised in Watermill, John David Rose, founder of the eponymous architectural firm in Southampton Village has made historic preservation of homes and public houses a specialty of the 29-year-old shop. Indeed, some of the East End's most notable homes owe their continuing legacy to his firm. Shorewood Manor on Shelter Island, Southampton's Windicote in Sunnymead, and now Halsey House, the historic museum that is a project in progress. The village of Southampton, where we do a lot of our work, has a lot of great architecture, as do a lot of villages on the South Fork. So whenever we get an opportunity for a project, we're there, Rose says. The architect comes from a long line of builders. Four generations of roses in the building or related trades on the North and South Forks. Now, the fifth generation is represented with his sons, Scott and Chris Rose of the firm. Scott, as a staff licensed architect, and Chris as an architectural draftsman. Rounding out the family affair are Scott's wife, Emma, an interior designer he met while in architecture school, and the senior Rose's wife, Lisa, who oversees the business functions. But Rose is quick to note that the eight-person firm's success is anchored in a broader team. One of the major reasons for our success is I've been surrounding myself with really talented young people and I let them do what they do best, he says. After studying art in college, Rose earned his architecture degree from New York Institute of Technology in Glen Cove. But, he says, my classical training came from being born and raised in the Hamptons around all the historic buildings and in the construction world with my father and grandfather working on these old homes. That's really where I learned about the historic structures and how to do them the right way. 
apprenticeships with some old school architects, he says, added to his expertise and interest. Scott Rose's program at Philadelphia University, now named for Thomas Jefferson, focused on modernism and commercial work. He also had a minor in construction management, but he was exposed to historic structures while working summers for his dad. He graduated on a Sunday and started work the next day on Windicote, an 1886 summer cottage of approximately 13 bedrooms built by Robert Henderson Robertson, coincidentally also a Philadelphia-trained architect. The firm works on new construction as well as historic renovations, but Rose says it's the old houses that capture their hearts. The need to preserve them is very strong, he says. Preservation and Patience Before taking on a project, the Roses work closely with clients to understand their desire to own a historic building, whether as a family home to pass down to the generations, or as a second home, or an investment to turn over. That often involves educating them as such an undertaking, which takes time, money, and patience, and will almost certainly reveal unexpected conditions requiring more of all three. Some clients, such as those who purchased Windicote, wanted to add on to the original building, but preserve as much of the original character as possible, even down to the details, such as interior cabinetry, doors, and newel posts, and rebuilding 90 stained glass windows in their original sashes. The project also included removing 14 layers of lead-based paint throughout the house, returning the wood trim and doors to their original finish. The actual renovation took two years, Scott Rose says, and the architectural review and permitting easily added a year, he says, before they could start work. It is a lot of work to rebuild and replace, but you can go to the extremes if you want, says Rose. And in this case, the client, the history buff, did. They bought the home for its history, and they enjoyed the process. The Roses' work on the home won them a Peconic Design Award from the American Institute of Architects. Other clients, such as the owners of Sunnymead, a neighboring cottage of Windicote, wanted to preserve the historic exterior but completely modernize the interior, an undertaking sometimes necessary if the house is in very poor repair, as this one was. Either way, such work requires finding the teams with expertise to work with materials and structure, because often what went up has to come down, at least in parts, like rotting timber and compromised walls. It also requires clients' patience and a long vision, not to mention deep pockets, not only to commission the renovation, but to assure its preservation again. One of the issues of having a historic home is the financial responsibility to maintain it, says Rose, and that's not something that everybody has resource to do. And, more importantly, a sense of humor helps, he adds, because things happen, especially in an old home where you have no idea what's holding that house up, and, quite often, Things are going to take more time and more money. So a flexible client is a really critical thing if you're dealing with a landmark building. Restoring a Legendary Estate Whereas Windicote had somewhat of a playbook, Shorewood Manor on Shelter Island did not. In fact, quite the opposite. Its reconstruction was almost as complicated as its ownership history. 
It was once known as the Artemis Ward Estate, so named for the New York City advertising entrepreneur and all-around Renaissance man, Harvard graduate, soldier, exporter, author, farmer, vending machine manufacturer, who purchased the property with some 200 acres in 1892. Ward built several buildings there, the major one being a Queen Anne-style house with an estimated 23 bedrooms, a tower carriage house, boathouse, barn, and other outbuildings. The estate had been bequeathed to Harvard College, then purchased by the Gar family, who developed parts of it as a summer resort colony and gave it its current name. It was again bequeathed to a charity, passed through a company owned by former New York Governor Hugh Carey, went into private ownership, and underwent an extensive restoration in 2008. By the time Ruse was called in, Shorewood was a long-neglected relic, having withstood numerous mutations over time. Now, imagine making sense of all those moving parts, which included moving parts of the previous estate, for a home that would be suitable for a modern family, yet still respect its past. Enter the Roses. For this project, Rose kept the original four-story tower and rebuilt everything else, including a combination of new materials and salvage from some of the other original buildings. He was informed by several things. One of the existing buildings on the property that had shingled arches in the style of traditional cottages, a theme that would prevail in the finished larger building. And on the site, on the southern end of Ward's Point, with its 270-degree water views. And wanting to salvage as much of the original estate as possible, Rose rebuilt the guest house from another building that was once part of the property, moved it from down the road, and rebuilt on the grounds, doubling its size to 3,550 square feet. We do this kind of preservation work all the time, but this particular piece is pretty darn unique, and the fact that we were able to use pieces of it to build several other buildings, that's kind of rare, Rose says. The result is a 6,790-square-foot home in typical shingle style, with a bit of a modern twist to it, he says, with a new pool and boathouse echoing the intent of its long-ago owner, Artemis Ward, who was also an avid boatman. Helping an Extent Historic House For the upcoming work on Halsey House, an important saltbox-style house in Southampton Village dating to the 1680s, Rose will work within the guidelines of the local architectural review board and other agencies, as required. The former home of Thomas Halsey, an emigre from England who arrived in New England before co-founding Southampton, now operates as a museum under the auspices of the Southampton History Museum. It is in need of structural and cosmetic work, and that includes replacing rotted floor joists, foundation repair, and returning some of the rooms to their former glory of the original state, says Scott Rose. They are still assessing needs, but, his father adds, it needs to be quite a bit of love, and we're going to help them out on that point. Says John, one of the lovely things about being successful is that we can take on projects that we really like, by mixing it up, we never get bored.